1800, Thomas Jefferson was elected president by one vote in the House of Representatives after a tie in the Electoral College. Never underestimate the power of one vote. In 1977, Vermont State Representative Sidney Nixon was seated as an apparent one-vote winner, 570 to 569. Mr. Nixon resigned when the State House determined after a recount that he had lost to his opponent, Robert Edmund, 572 to 571. Never underestimate the power of one vote. One vote can make a difference. Small things make a difference. Never underestimate the power of a woman who has a 25 caliber Beretta jet fire. <laughs> While out hiking in Alberta, Canada with my boyfriend, we were surprised when a huge grizzly bear came charging at us out of nowhere. She must have been protecting her cubs because she was extremely aggressive. If I had not had my little Beretta jet fire, I would not be here today. I yanked it out of my purse and fired one shot. It hit my boyfriend in his kneecap, and the bear... <laughs> and the bear caught him easily. While the grizzly mauled the poor crippled man, I was able to escape by just briskly walking away. I love that pistol. I'll find other boyfriends. Never underestimate the power of something small. Never underestimate the power of a mosquito in your room at bedtime right before you turn off the lights. Anybody ever experience that? Just know he's in there, but where is he? Gotta kill him. This is the last time we're gonna be together uh, corporately and um, online before the election. I want us to take some time this morning to pray over the election. Can we do that this morning? Uh, <clears throat> We are not just a, a body of believers who come and gather and, and, and hear message and we sing songs, we worship, we participate. We are a praying church. We are a church that believes in prayer. We believe that when we pray, God hears us because we pray according to his will. The Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen. When somebody says, I'm praying, Pastor Chris, I know you are, and we're all praying, but we're going to be praying after this election. We're going to be praying throughout the rest of the year because we're praying in church. Amen? We would say that. We're praying church. We're going to pray. Somebody says, well, Pastor Chris, there's fear that's gripping the nation. What's going to happen um, Wednesday morning after the election? I'm going to get up. I'm going to eat breakfast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to kiss my wife. I'm going to go to work. And I'm going to do what I've always done because he's still on the throne, no matter who is elected. We want to take some time to pray. This one of I've asked Pastor Terry to come and pray. Paul Crane, would you come and join us? One of our elders here at the church. And I would like for us to stand. This is important. I want us to stand for a little bit. We're going to pray. But here's what I, we're not going to pray now. I lay me down the street and down to sleep. We're going to pray that God would really uh, have his way in this election. We're praying that people would go in thinking they're going to vote one way, but then as they're in the polls, they're marking the lines and come out voting another way. We're praying that every demonic attack and scheme of the enemy would be thwarted and that God would have his way in every poll, in every booth. There would be no corruption. There would be nobody, none, none of the enemy's scheme. And if it is, it would be exposed and that God, it would all come to light. We are going to pray this morning. Pastor, go ahead. You know, it's interesting how one vote can make a difference. Well, I want to tell you something. One prayer can make a difference. 
Revelation says that when you take in the scroll, this is Revelation 5, verse 8, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Isn't that amazing? Every prayer that you pray is captured. And God has got a plan for it. So a lot of times we pray and nothing really happens. Something always happens. That's right. It may not happen the way that we think it should happen or when it's going to happen, but it always is going to happen. So let's pray. Father, we love you. We bless you. We thank you that you're the king. You're on the throne. And we call up and cry out to you. And we thank you, Lord, that your kingdom is here. It's established. It's increasing. Of the increase of your government and peace, there is no end. Because you're going to order it, establish it with righteousness and judgment from now on. We thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to vote. Lord, what a privilege it is. And we thank you, Lord, that we live in a free nation. The Lord, people have paid for You paid for the ultimate freedom. But Lord, there have been people that have paid for our freedom that we're enjoying today. And we bless them and we thank you for them. Lord, I thank you for those that are serving in every capacity, from the president all the way down to our local communities and cities and and counties and states. We thank you for those that fear you, that reverence you. And so, Lord, I'm asking in the name of Jesus that you'd move upon the hearts of people to vote and vote according to righteousness in the name of Jesus. Vote according to what, Lord, will produce your will and your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So, Lord, we just want to thank you. We thank you for those that are running. We bless them. We pray protection and safety over everyone. And, Lord, we really do. We just stand against every evil assignment of the enemy if they know in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, how many have voted? Thank you. Appreciate it. How many are going to vote Tuesday? Good. Good. Thank you. Okay. Well, preaching to the choir here a little bit, but uh, we are in a a battle really for the heart and soul of the nation and who we are as a people. And are we going to continue to be a a one nation under God or go a different path? So uh, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for voting. And uh, we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we just uh, pray for your intervention in this election process. Uh, Your saints are rising up, Lord, and we pray that you battle with us. Go before us, Lord, in this uh, this, uh, election season. Pray for uh, your hand to watch over the process, keep the process uh, legal. And, uh, Lord, we just uh, pray for your your hand of intervention and uh, mercy and grace on this whole process. We pray for all those running for their families at the time and uh, sacrifices that uh, they make to, to run in these offices. We pray yes, for godly Jesus. men and women in in cities, uh, counties, states, and the federal government, Lord, all across this nation go into office. And uh, just pray for your, your blessing, your grace, your favor, your mercy uh, in this season, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you. You can be seated. You can be seated. Telling you, we underestimate things and people all the time. Um, you never underestimate the power of a dream. Dr. Martin Luther King had a dream that realized all across this nation, all over the world. Forget about something that you can do to make a difference. We've been talking about making a difference, and everything that we do, what God's called us to do, is making a difference. We are, and you find it in our bulletin and in who we are, we want to make disciples who make a difference. You can make a difference. Um, something even so small, 
um, is, is making a difference. Think about, I talk about Rosa Parks, who just sat down. Somebody say, well, all she did was sit, sit down because she was tired. I'm telling you what, uh, her sitting down sparked a, a revolution and a movement that caused freedom uh, throughout uh, this country. Amen? Yeah. And we underestimate. We get underestimated all the time. Uh, they underestimated, Satan underestimated the fact that what would change the absolute world was a baby coming in the manger. Didn't think that that would be anything significant and just, well, it's a baby. Well, we'll just, and just in case, we'll kill all the babies. We'll try to get rid of them. Couldn't do it. Then he didn't realize that they grew up and would be a 12-year-old that would say, I would be about the father's business. Then you know that I'd be about my father's business. And that 12-year-old uh, grew up and became a man, and that man poured into 12 disciples, and those 12 disciples turned the world upside down. And the reason why we're here today is because of a man named Jesus, whom we serve and love, and we've given our life to, and we know that we can make a difference because the difference maker lives on the inside of us. We can make a difference. We can make a difference. There's all throughout Scripture, all throughout the Scriptures where um, we see that there was a difference made because someone chose to stand up. And somebody was just like, man, I'm concerned about this, what's going on in this nation. I'm just telling you, just as Pastor Terry says, the one prayer, one vote, doesn't matter. We know that God is still on the throne. Yeah, you never know. You know, one of the things, my favorite things to watch on social media when I do get a chance to watch it is the fact that when they four years ago underestimated the fact that Trump was going to win. I go back and I mean, it's funny to watch their faces because they go, there's no way that that President Trump is going to win this election. They made fun of him. They did all kind of stuff and said all this stuff. I go back and watch it over and over again <laughs> because I love to see their faces. My favorite one is that girl who, who, who bows down on her knees and goes, no! I go, Zroop, no! Zroop, no! Walk around the house, you know what I'm saying? Why? Because they underestimate the fact that God knows what he's doing. The fact that the Bible says in Psalms chapter 2, that why do the nations rage? Why do they imagine a vain thing? Why do they set themselves in array against the God, our Father? Because he has set his anointed one on the throne. So he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. I picture him sitting up there like Jabba the Hutt. Ho, 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 ho. Why? Because the truth is, is that his anointed one is on the throne. Jesus is on the throne. And when he's on the throne, everybody else can try to figure out everything and what is going on. Well, what about the church? Well, I know this. God said that he's the one that's building the church. He said, I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he goes, what? Unless the Lord build the house, they that labor will just build it in vain. They just run around talking about, where's the nails? Where's the hammers? I don't know. Where's the screwdriver? I don't know. God's like, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm building the house. Some of you this morning go, Pastor Chris, my house is leaking. I got some stuff going on with my house. The windows don't work. Things aren't, aren't, aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Well, here's what I know. Mm. He's a carpenter. He still fixes houses today. He's still in the house fixing business. Some of you need to take a card. You need to take a card from him. You need to know that he's still fixing houses. Where the shingles? The house is leaking. There's stuff going on. I'm telling you what, he's still building houses, and he'll make it sure that if your house is built on the rock, the rains can come, and the waves can come, and the lightning can flash, and everything else can beat up against that house. But the house that's founded upon the rock will stand. Those that's founded upon the sand, gonna fall. Amen? Amen. That's what I love 
my, my brother, whenever I hear about a, a hurricane coming, I'll call the Florida. I'll be like, hey, you guys worried about this storm? He goes, you guys are hilarious. <laughs> I go, what are you talking about? He goes, y'all are so funny. Anybody, anytime the meteorologists say anything about a storm, you guys be like, oh, oh. I get more calls from you guys. Y'all don't call me during the rest of the time, but y'all start calling me when the storm comes. He goes, man, let me tell you something. He goes, I'm going to be sitting in a lawn chair looking at the storm. I love storms. He goes, everybody else will try to run away. He goes, I'll sit out there in my, in my backyard, and I'll sit there and just laugh. He goes, I'm laughing because I love storms because my house, my house is safe and secure. And he goes, I got the best insurance policy you could ever find. So he goes, I'm good. He goes, the truth is, are you talking about, you talking about travelers? He goes, no, I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the fact that I can sit there and know that my house and my children are safe because he called us to be here. And because who he's called and he's cherished and he's called us and he, and he put us here. So therefore, I'm not going anywhere. He goes, I'm not going anywhere. And therefore, the storm can come. He goes, we're going to be all right. Thanks for calling, big brother. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> There's got to be something on the inside of you that says, you know what? I'm not going to be moved. None of these things move me. I'm not going to be moved. We used to sing a song when I was growing up, and it says, I shall not, I shall not be moved. I shall not, I shall not be moved just like a tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. Now, some, of you, some of you have heard that song. Some of us older people, you know what I'm saying, have, have, have heard that song. We've seen that song. You know, I was telling Pastor Terry this this, this week, or maybe I was talking to Roland about it. When I was younger, when we sing those hymns, I, I just did not pay much attention to them. Anybody else? Come on, tell the truth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you didn't pay much attention to it. But now that I'm older and I see things that are going on, I realize that there was a reason why they sang those old hymns. It's because it set them in place. And they were not just singing songs just to be singing them. But when they sang those songs, they believed that at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. And it was there by faith I received my sight and now I'm happy all the day. They believed that they were absolutely a wretch and they were blind, but now they see. They absolutely knew that the old rugged cross meant something when they saw it and it's because they settled their faith it wasn't just a song to them but it was absolute reality and God is calling us to that reality that we won't be moved by any of those things but we'll go out and take advantage of this time and make a difference we'll see when everybody else sees doom and gloom we'll see opportunity when everybody else look out and go, oh, it's dark, be like, I got you. I'm the, the light is on the inside of me. And however dark it is, that light will shine in the darkness. And people will see my good works and they'll glorify God in heaven. We'll see opportunity. How many of you got your bracelets on? Show me your bracelets. Anybody? Okay, I just want to see. We got some for those of you that, that, that need some because I wanted to remind you to go out and do what Jesus did. How many know that we can chill? We talked about this. Go out and do what Jesus did. Amen? And so this morning, I want to talk to you about being commissioned, co-mission. This is what God has called us to do, co, talking about us together, and we have a mission that God has called us to. And so I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. It's what we call, what you guys all say, we all say is the Great Commission. We're going to read it in chapter 28. We're going to start at verse 16. And then we're going to talk about it this morning. Co-mission. This is what God has called us to do. Verse 16 says this. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain, which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. 
And these are his disciples, right? It didn't change it. Some worshiped him and some doubted him. It means that there was two sets of people there. <laughs> there's believers and then there's doubters. People that see him, they worshiped him because they see him for who he is. Then there's some that would doubt and don't believe that he is who he says he is. Verse 18 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All of it. There's not half of it. Didn't get some of it, quarter of it. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go. Say that with me. Go. Go. I want you to say it like you mean it. Go. Go, Go, therefore. Mm, Look up here just for a minute. Didn't say stay. Didn't say that we're supposed to hover. Didn't say that we're supposed to sit on the sidelines. Said go. It's like, well, why are we here? We're coming to the church. This is what I'm telling you. We're coming so that you get equipped to do the work of the ministry, to do what God's called you to do. So therefore, you come and get equipped, try to give you everything that you need, and then you go. You you, you can't stay here. You can't stay in this place. I'm going to turn the lights out at some point. (laughs) You got to get up out of here. Amen? Go. Get, get, Get gone. At some point, my children will leave my house. One day, they're going to go. Isn't that right, honey? They're going to leave. We love our children, but we don't, I don't want to wake up in the morning and open the refrigerator, and there's Luke rubbing his stomach going, hey, Dad. Like, don't you ever leave? I, I go to prepare a place for you, and it's not here. <laughs> so the truth is, the, but you laugh, but it's true. Don't you want your children to grow up and live their life? This is what God has called us to do. You don't have to stay here in the church building. At some point, you got to go. You go out, and you go and do what God. He says, go, go, therefore. And this is what he wants us to do. He says, he says go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Amen. Amen. I, I, usually, I say this every time, and probably people get mad at me, but I love this. It reminds me of my grandpa. My grandpa used to say this. He goes, that's why I don't fly, because he said, lo, I am with you all the way to the end of the age. <laughs> grandpa never got on a plane, because that's what he would always say, just reminded me of him. So he tells us to go. Here's my first point. Jesus, we talk about being co-missioned. Jesus was commission-minded. He, he was, his mind was set on being about the Father's business. He wasn't set up on himself. As a matter of fact, he says, I will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. The mind set on the self, on the flesh, produces fleshy stuff. The mind set on the flesh brings forth death, but the mind set on the spirit and having a mind that has to do with what does he tell us to do? In Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, I'm going to read this, and I want you to hear these words in Philippians chapter 2, because Jesus was commissioned, co-together, minded, and this is what he said. Therefore, if there is any, reading from verse 1, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy... Fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Us all being like-minded. All of us having the same mind, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, 
but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. That's a mindset that we need to have. Thinking about others more than we think about ourselves. We would try to teach our kids that all the time. It's like, think about other people more so than you think about yourself. Esteem others more than yourself. Let, let this mind be in you that you think others, think about others. Verse 4, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Look for the interest of others. You know, this is what it talks about. He said, then he humbled himself. This is what Jesus did. He humbled himself and he exalted Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Tell us, this is what to think. This is how our mind is supposed to be. This is the mindset we're supposed to have. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Think about that. Not trying to get a reputation, not trying to get a name for myself but really wanting to exalt the name of Jesus. No reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself. You know, humility is the key for us being able to do what God's called us to do. Yeah. Humility, humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God so that in due season, he will exalt you. We humble ourselves. And, and, and that's what God's called us to do, that he humbled himself and, and, and it said this, and he became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God ex also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, and those in heaven and those on earth, under the, uh, and those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And this is, this is what God has called us to do. When we go out and we make a difference and we do what God's called us to do, we have a mindset, a mindset that what is God, what, are you, what is the mind that I need to have today? You know that you have the mind of Christ. Yeah. You need to think his thoughts. Here's the mindset. Well, my mindset is, Lord, how can I bless others? What can I do today to be able to help others to see you for who you are? Lord, I pray that when people see me, they see you. I pray, Lord, that when they see me, they don't see just this, just this shell, but they see the love of Jesus. They see Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of things to come. That when they see me, that they know that I have answers. And that answer doesn't just lie in me, in my mind. Just it, The answer is in Jesus, but I have Jesus on the inside of me. We were made for problems. We were made because we have solutions. We're made to have people come in and when they see us, they see the joy of the Lord. When they see us, they see Jesus. They say, what is it about you? What is it with you? What do you mean? What is it? Every day, every day you come in here and you're not complaining like everybody else. You, you come in with this smile on your face. You come in with this joy. What is there to be joyful about? Have you watched the news? What is there to be happy about? And that's when you step into it. I have a reason to be happy because God is on the throne and he has saved me. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was in a place where I was destitute. I didn't know what I, which way was up. I'm telling you what, I was so lost that I couldn't even find myself. I didn't know who I was, but all of a sudden he came and found me and he lifted me up out of the miry clay and he set my feet up on a rock and he put a robe of righteousness on me and he washed me and he gave me my right mind and he blessed me and he called me 
called me son, and he's given me everything that pertains to life and godliness. And he's blessed me in the city, blessed me in the field, blessed me when I lay down. I am blessed. I am spiritually seated in heavenly places. I have been blessed. He's given me everything I need. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, of whom there's no variation of turning. I am blessed. I'm blessed in my family. I'm blessed in my finances. He's given me everything I need to do everything I need to do. So there's no reason to complain, but to walk in here with praise in my mouth, thanksgiving in my lips, because he has given me everything I need. I sing because I'm happy. Why? I sing because I'm free. Why? His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I know he's looking out for me. Well, I need that. Yes, you do. I want that. Yes, you do. There's a reason why. That's the mindset we need to have. Jesus was commission-minded, point one. Point two, Jesus was commission-sighted. This is what that means, that when he saw people, he didn't see people the way we normally see people. He saw people, and he was moved with compassion. That's what Jesus was moved with. I'm I'm, going to tell you, this is what it it was. Turn to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, I'm going to show you. You guys think I'm making it up. I know you think I'm making it up, but I'm not. I'm not making it up. I'm telling you. While you're turning there, I'm going to tell you a story, a little story about the dumbest smart dog I ever knew. (laughs) Vanessa and I were first married, and we were first married, we lived in a garage uh, because Vanessa was a nanny for a family. It was rent-free. It was like, it was like paradise to us. It was a one-room garage that they converted into a, like an apartment. So it was a little bathroom. I mean, I remember when we would get ready for work, whatever, we would do this dance. You know what I'm saying? We'd do that little dance. You know what I'm saying? You do the hokey folk, you turn yourself around, and that's what it's all about. That's what we do. We do that little, that little turnaround. And yeah, it was so small. We had one couch. We slept on a futon. It was a futon that we, we sat it up to watch you know, TV, and we laid it down to go. It was good. It was good for us. We didn't care. We were young and in love. We're still in love. Uh, and uh, it was good. It was good. We're still in love. We're still in love. Anyway, we've come a long ways, babe. But anyway, the family that she looked after had his dog named Joey. And Joey was the dumbest dog I ever knew, but he was the smartest dog that I ever knew because he would, they would buy this dog food for him and it would give him gas, like really, really bad gas. And he would pass it right, right as he walked by us and then he would walk in the door and look in to see our reaction on our face. <laughs> he, this is a true story. I'm not kidding you not. He would, he would, do, he would crop dust us. <laughs> and then he would just look in the side, just look at us. And I'd be sitting there watching and be like, oh, no, what is that? And there he was, be looking. He couldn't laugh. He couldn't go, ruff, 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 ruff. he couldn't do that. But he would just sit there and just look at us. And the dog was so dumb that he failed obedience school. It's a true story. I remember how much it cost. It was $776 to have him go to obedience school. I didn't pay it because I didn't have the money. But they paid it. They called us. They said, would you come get Joey? They're like, what happened? They go, we don't know. We, they go, we don't know. We don't understand what happened. Here's your money back. Please don't bring him back. <laughs> like, you, you guys can't do anything with him? They go, no, we can't do anything with him. <laughs> Nothing. 
Like, what, what do you mean? Like, we, we, this is the money. Take our money. It's like, no, have your money. Take your money back. Shoving it back. They're just like, don't, no, no, we don't want, we don't want, we don't want your dog. Like, Joey, what, what's the deal? He just, he just, the dude had a mind of his own. He was smart. He knew what he was doing. He had the mind that he was going to make us miserable because he didn't want to live with us. So you know what we did? We gave him away. We gave him to somebody else. So you know what I did? When they were walking him out, I stood at the door and watched. <laughs> that dog had a mind. His mind was made up. And some of you are laughing, but the truth is, is that God is wanting you to have your mind made up. Not that you go and annoy people, but you have a mind to go out and do what he's called you to do. Yeah, you have a mind. This is mine. Your mind's made up. And then you see people the way Jesus has called you to see them. What are you looking at? What do you see? When you see people, do you, do you see people as being annoying? Do you see people as, do you, do you see people like, oh, you talk bad about people? Do you, how do you see people when you see them? Let me tell you what Jesus did. Matthew 9. Matthew 9, chapter 35 says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. And he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And when you look up here, this is, what I, this is what I want you to see. When you see the multitudes, when you see people at work, do you see people in the grocery store? Are you moved with compassion? Do you see them the way Jesus sees them? Are you moved with compassion? Or are you so busy doing your thing that you don't see people the way that he does? I'm not, I'm not trying to, to make you feel bad. I'm just trying to help you move into a place to have eyes like Jesus. And that's something that I have to pray for every day. Lord, would you give me eyes to see people the way you do? Will you have eyes to see? see? Give me eyes, Lord. I need eyes the way you see. Even I pray that when I'm in front of individuals. Heidi Baker says this. No, she says, you need to love the person that's in front of you. Whoever's in front of you, love them. See them the way that, that you see them. I mean, there were people that have done me wrong, people that have, have, have said things about me, talked, said this, whatever about me, and sometimes I'm just like, God, mm, would you just get them, God? <laughs> you don't have to kill them. Just maybe strike them with lightning or something, you know. I'm, I'm just kidding. Not really. Sometimes I get to a point where I'm just like, God, change my attitude. See, this is what David said. David says, Try, know my thoughts, Lord. Search me and know my thoughts. Try me know my ways. If there's anything evil, remove it. God, would you help me to see people the way you see them? Two weeks ago, I was in uh, one of my favorite uh, places um, where I go to Tom Thumb. Vanessa likes to go to Walmart because it's cheaper. I like to go to Tom Thumb because it's closer. Um, and I was there sitting in... Um, in the parking lot, just put some things in the, in the car, and there was a guy that knocked on my window, and he said, he goes, hey, listen, my car's dead. He goes, do you have jumper cables? And um, I said, man, I've done this in every car that we have. I put jumper cables in them um, for, my, for my kids when they're driving, also just because I want, I want every car to have them. I go, not only do I have jumper cables, but I said, I got a, I got a, a battery pack that we just hook it up to and we can, we can go. And man, um, so I got out of the car, 
And, and this guy was, he's like, I'm in, I'm in a hurry. He goes, can you hurry? I'm like, yeah, just give me a second. So I try to hurry. And then all of a sudden, he says, man, he goes, can you, he goes, can you, can you, can you, can you, and I'm just like, I will take this battery and hit you upside it. <laughs> you asked me for help. I didn't ask you for help. How you gonna get, how you gonna get huffy at me? Come here, let me put them on your ears and then, then jump it off. And y'all are laughing. Don't tell me y'all ain't never thought that. Oh, come on. I know some of you have thought it. Be like, Lord, man, I'm just saying. So I just, man, I started, I found myself, I heard, I found myself getting upset. I'm like, man, Lord, this guy, how dare he get, be rude with me? And I'm the one helping him. And so the Lord said, Shh, keep your mouth closed and just help him. So I did. I, 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 I jumped his car off. He goes, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then all of a sudden, I get, to, I get the jumper cables off. He slams the hood. He gets in his car, and I hear blop, 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 blop. He's got a flat tire now. <laughs> so he gets out of the car. He goes, no. I go, I remember that. There was a girl who didn't want Trump to win. She was like, no. <laughs> so I stepped out of my car. I said, sir. It sounds, looks like you got a flat tire. He goes, I know. He goes, oh, I'm not going to make it. I go, I go, well, I'm sorry that that happened. And the Lord goes, I want you to help him change his tire. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me, Lord. And I did. I got out. I helped him change his tire. Um, and I got out. And he just said, there's no way I'm going to make the appointment. I go, sir, it looks like you're having a bad day. I said, can I, can I, can I pray for you? He goes, are you some kind of religious? I go, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm a religious, you know. And um, I said, I'm a pastor down the street. He goes, oh, I'm so sorry. He goes, can you? He goes, yes, I need prayer. Would you, would you pray for me? Well, come to find out the reason why he was late is because his wife was in the hospital. She had cancer. And he, and he only had a small window that they told him that he could be at to be able to see her. I got huffy, and I got upset when God was trying to help me to make a difference in this man's life. So I said I was sorry. I cried with him. I prayed with him. And I said, if you want me to come up to the hospital and pray for her, I will. He said, thank you, sir. He goes, but they won't even let me just on certain times of the day. And so he said, I'm late. I'm not going to make it. I said, well, can I get you anything? He goes, no. He goes, this meant the world to me, that you would take the time to sit here with me and pray with me and care for me. He goes, thank you. Man, I, I got in my car, and I drove down the road, and I pulled into a spot, and I just cried. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry that I didn't have a chance, and I didn't see this person the way you do. Would you forgive me? And I told the Lord, and I said, Lord, I want to be in, uh, for you to be able to interrupt me and you to tell me to do something. I want to say yes to it. I don't, want to, yeah. I don't want to sit there and just say no. Help me to make a difference. Amen. I have to practice what I preach, folks. It's not just about me standing up here telling you that you can make a difference. It's about me being able to say, hey, listen, God wants us to make a difference. And he wants us to be able to see people the way he does. Jesus was commissioned, sighted.
is my last point. My last point is Jesus was commission guided. Meaning this, he was guided by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God that lives in us, the same Spirit, the Bible says, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us and quickens our mortal body. And some of you, I know this is the fact because I'm, I'm not as way for Vanessa hates going in the store with me because I talk to everybody, literally. Uh, you know, Dudley hates going in the store with me too. He goes, I don't want to go in the store with you. Listen, he has to do that speech. Now, when we go in here, <laughs> Dudley has said, when we go in here, I want you to just get what we come to get and then we're going to come out. Say back to me what I just said to you. You want me to talk to everybody? I just do. I love people. I love people. But Vanessa's like, we're just going in to get something. So she'll leave me. I'll be sitting there talking to somebody. I'd be like, Vanessa? She'll be at the checkout. She goes, I ain't got time. I don't have time to be here. you talking to everybody in the world. But I just do. I love people. But some of you, you may not be that way. Some of you, and it's the way God made Some of you are introverts. Some of you have a hard time talking to people. Some, some of you, you don't necessarily know. You're just like, I just, how can I make a difference? I'm not like that. And you don't have to be. You don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like, all you have to be is be like Jesus. I heard somebody say, preach the gospel all the time and use words if necessary. Sometimes all you got to do is live the life that God's called you to live. Be who God's called you to be. Work as unto the Lord. Do things as unto the Lord. Sometimes all you got to do is smile. Yeah. Nobody wants to see somebody. That's what I, I love. Uh, I mean, I do this all the time. We got our worship team. Sometimes some of the guys, I'll, I'll do this to them, and they just, you smile. You know, and, uh, because I'm, I'm just, my deal is nobody wants to see anybody up there just as a sourpuss. We don't have anybody that's up there. But, but the deal is it just, I'm worshiping the Lord. Or we see somebody that's, that's, um, that's out on the, um, that, that say, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. And they look like they've been sucking on persimmons for the rest of their whole life. Or you're just like, man, if you, if you then know the Jesus that I know, oh, he'll change your life. <laughs> nobody, wants to, nobody wants to encounter a God like that. But he's a joyful God. He's a joy. He brings joy. He brings life. And so you don't necessarily have to say anything. You can, you can be who God's called you to be with just your words. Amen? I mean, with just your lifestyle. But at the same time, don't worry about what to say. He'll fill your mouth with what to say. You can give your testimony. Somebody said, well, I don't have a testimony. Everybody has a testimony. We were lost. He came into our life. Now we're changed because of what he has done. Amen? Amen. It's a testimony. Everybody has. So be commissioned, guided. Let the Holy Spirit guide you into all truth. This is what the Bible said. He'll guide us into all truth. And we have the truth because we know the truth. His name is Jesus. It's not a it. It's a person. His name is Jesus. And we're able to tell the truth. And when we tell the truth, it'll make us free. It'll make people free. So he guides us in the truth. So be commissioned, guided. Commission-minded, Commission cited, commission guided by his spirit. Those are my three points. So you can do that. Go out and be the church to the unchurched. When we say that, we've been saying it for a long time. We've been saying that's my that's a, that's our motto, it's our tagline. That's what I say all the time. But it's not just let's do it. Let's actually be the church to the unchurched. Amen.